Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. It is going to be Thursday. We're recording late Wednesday night. My name is Justin Carlucci, aka the Luch, and I'm with Will Priester, aka Chief Justice. What's going on, Chief? Good to see you again, my man. It's good. It's always good, man. I, I'm going to keep saying this until it sticks. I think it's got a nice ring to it, man. The Bubble Brothers Podcast for the NBA morning grind super excited to be on with you as usual uh you know and uh, let, let's see if we can help the people make some money man for sure shout out to our pga team this week a lot of content for the masters can't wait by the way ton of good stuff yeah you're digging in you you're, you're putting any entries in or you're just watching oh, as I'm, a fan si- single bullet man i'm, I'm gonna take I'm all of these guys's information get all their takes put it together Going single entry here. I'm just, I'm going to throw one in the Millie just for kicks, like just for kicks. I don't really chase the Millie like that, primarily because I'm mostly a fan do player. So I think a lot of people, you know, I don't just hop on there just to chase the Millie. Like I just, hey, FanDuel's got one that's $15, 200K to first. Hey, if, if, if I hit that, I hit it, you know, but I, but I will throw one, you know, in the Millie just, just for kicks and who knows. Maybe, maybe, and listen, I'm going to tell you, if I win it, it's a luck box. I, I'll, I'll understand. Pro, somewhat luck box because I only have one entry. Not that I don't take the information and use it wisely, but, you know, logically, I understand that out of all those entries for me to come in first, it's, it's going to take a little bit of luck in that top 0.1%. For sure. But hey, we've seen weirder stuff happen the last year and a half. <laughs> a lot of, it's been a weird couple of years, man. So I'm pulling for you. I'll be throwing in some lineups of my own. Uh, the team did a killer job over there, PGA-wise. It's going to be a lot of fun. 6 o'clock Eastern lineup lock. I'm going to do my best to wake up at about 5.30 a.m. Eastern to make sure there's no COVID rule. I, you know, you just don't know. So I'm going to be starting my day super early Thursday. We're getting that coffee brewing ASAP in the morning. And, uh, you know, by the time this morning grind, maybe some of you listen to it before lunchtime. We're probably going to have a lot of crazy news in the Masters. But, you know, there's a pretty nice NBA slate. So, hey, if, if your team sucks, you can double down and play some NBA. And hopefully we can point you in the right direction. And, Correct. hey, it, it is – we talked briefly pre-show here, Chief. And it's a slate where there's a many there's many good players on it. The matchups are just kind of strange, right? The team versus team matchups here. Some interesting games. So – I mean, we can just dive right into it as we do, and uh, let's get the listeners what they want to hear. And uh, two 7.30 games are our chief. Got the Lakers in Miami and Chicago, and I'm sick of dealing with these Raptors. We've had about two weeks straight of injuries and figuring out, and people, some people performing when they're in high-usage spots, and then every other day, Siakam busts in high-usage spots, and it's you know, then you have Malachi Flynn balling out. Chris Boucher finally gets off the Schneid. He must have heard us talking about him. And or, and maybe I was like, hey, maybe he's sleeping with Nick Nurse's wife. He can't even see 25 minutes. He saw at least 30. Finally, free Chris Boucher. So let's just get the Raptors over with. It's one of the two early games. And they're playing Chicago. You know, Vucevic still trying to fit in. You know, Levine and Kobe White have been dinged up from time to time. They've done some shuffling with Mark Kennan and his minutes. And Thad Young was really good before the deadline and seeing a lot more minutes than probably anybody anticipated. That's not exactly the case anymore. So 
two teams really trying to find their own identity and neither team is is likely going to be a contender this year at this rate I mean the east is kind of wide open I guess anybody could sneak in and and who knows um but just two teams that all year a lot of shuffling around chief so here we go with the Raptors give me give me your synopsis here what's up well first of all uh here's the deal on FanDuel I'm about priced out of all the Raptors, which is fantastic, right, for me because I don't really like to play chalk like that anyway. But, you know, when Gary Trent was 5,200, it's like you had to play him. You know, when Malachi Malachi Flynn was 5K the other night, I mean, it's like, ah, I have to play him. And he came through for you. Uh, I feel like about the only person that's maybe – not quite priced out of our range is Pascal Siakam. Um, you know, he can still get to 50 fantasy points. Now, at 8,700, it's probably better to just fade him, right? I think, you know, with the fan dual pricing, I think I think that's the approach I'm going to take tomorrow. I know they're playing Chicago. But in my opinion, Luch, I think I'm going to full fade on the Raptors in this spot. And I just have to hope that Siakam doesn't drop a 60 spot. If Malachi Flynn drops 33 fantasy points at 6K, that's not going to hurt me. If OG drops 37 points at 8K, that's not going to hurt me. I mean, Gary Trent, 6,700. If he drops, you know, 35 fantasy points at 6,700, that's not going to hurt me. Now, if he gets back to the 40 mark, you know, now uh, we're getting close to possibly needing him at that price. But I don't feel like any one Raptor, is going to burn me completely unless Siakam goes off for like 60. And he's so inconsistent. I think the right play on this slate, on FanDuel at least, is just legitimately fade all Raptors. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Let me ask you this. I have DraftKings open. What is Boucher's position tomorrow on FanDuel? Is he center or is he power forward? Only center. That makes it tough. That makes it tough on a huge slate, right? And he's what, 6K? 6K, Um, yeah. On DK, he's 5,700. And even at 6K, I'd, I'd consider him win a GPP tournament. Uh, but the fact that I have that utility slot to play with, you know, I'm considering Boucher still on DK, I think. Yeah. You know, Bembry, they didn't really do anything with his pri- – I mean, he's 3,800. We know Lowry's out. We know Van Vliet's yeah. out. I mean – yeah, on DK, I mean, I think Bembry, man, he's probably in play. Now, he's 5,200 on FanDuel. Woo, is and, he really? Yeah, and I mean, look, he's been in the 30s the past two games. So, essentially, maybe he's the only one that you play. But I'm going to take the complete Toronto fade approach tomorrow on FanDuel. Obviously, on DK with Bembry at 39. Like, come on. I mean, what, yeah, what's, what's Flynn on DK? So, Flynn's 4,700. He's probably see on DK. This is a totally different discussion, which is Absolutely. very interesting. Like Flynn at forty-seven, Bembry at thirty-nine. I mean, those might be two pillars of your value. Yeah, you know, gun to the head, I'd probably prefer Bembry just because of the price. It's a big slate. I, I mean, Flynn was great. Eleven, eight, four, a block and two steals. You know, thirty-three minutes. Yeah, I mean, the guy's been hitting seven times value basically his last three games when he's seen 30-plus minutes. So then it gets interesting, though. I know Flynn and Bembry are cheap, but you, know, they, okay, you put two guys in Toronto on your team, then then you really need the game to be close. Uh, Bembry could be fine and maybe a blowout. 
know, Flynn's almost at that price point. You know, if Siakam starts shooting the ball 25 times, you know, you, you need you need that fourth quarter maybe, maybe for Flynn. You know, maybe it gets hot early. I'm just talking out loud here. And then it's like, okay, like then maybe I need to consider someone on Chicago if I'm going to play two Raptors, you know, a little 2-1 stack. Uh, I think Bembry's okay in any kind of lineup construction at 3,800 as long as Lowry and, and Van Fleet are out, you know, at that price and the minutes he's getting. Um, so I feel like Bembry – And they are, they're already out, I think. So I think we're yeah, good. Yeah, that's what it's showing. So well, here's what I will say. And Hood, I do, Hood is out I, too. Yeah, right, right. And that, that's, that's the other thing where we kind of talked about this two or three slates ago where, look – Hood being out is actually the icing on the cake because now we know these guards' minutes are solidified. I think Flynn is okay if the game's close or in a blowout because he's the young guy. Like, I, I think he's going to get his 33 minutes no matter what. So, and, and that's I rare. feel good about it. That's rare. That's rare that you have the young guy who's starting because they don't have any bodies, but he's young enough to stay in the blowout where – you want him to get the game experience instead of risking an injury. That is rare, and that's a great point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's in a good position for minutes, and, uh, you know, it might be an added bonus if the game is close when you're playing guys like that. So, yeah, you know, I jinxed OG. You know, I said he basically had a blocker steal in 93% of his games this year, and then he got ejected after, like, eight minutes and didn't get one the other day. So my bad, OG. Uh, and Gary Trent sitting here at 6,300, you know, a guy uh, who is, you know, larger fuel GPP played for me, you know, playing 30 minutes, cooled off after he was scorching hot for a couple of games. And, you know, the guy needs over, you know, 37 DKP to hit six times value. And, uh, you know, that that could be tough if the game flow doesn't go exactly you know, how he needs it to be. Did have a pretty sick game winner against the Wizards a couple of days ago, though, but uh, one bucket doesn't get you a ton of points in uh, in DKDFS. So, you know, got to monitor the Raptors. This is not going to go away, I don't think, anytime soon. You know, we know Lowry's situation. Van Fleet's situation is lingering. You know, Rodney Hood, who they just got, you know, is not playing right now. So, whew, soon enough. I mean, soon enough we're going to have to see Malachi Flynn. What is he on FanDuel, Chief? Oh, he's 6K. That's why oh, I said oh, I'm, I'm- – I'm out on like the Toronto value. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm He's out. not even like, value at that point. Right. I yeah. Mean, so. no, no Toronto players so on fan, FanDuel. FanDuel on DK. Totally yeah. different. Discussion. Totally playable. Sooner or later, Flynn has one more 30 minute game. Even if he goes for, you know, 25 or 30, they got to put him up to like 6k because this is just, you know, you're almost, you're getting like one and a half free squares. You know, you're getting Bembry. You're going to punch him in. He's going to be 65 to 70% in most formats. It's just not fun for anybody. Nobody wants to, right. nobody wants to play on those nights. So there you go. We'll get, we got that out of the way, Chief. Let's go to the Lakers-Miami game. 7.30 um, rematch of the finals from the bubble. But, you know, we have no LeBron. We have no Anthony Davis. Uh, Andre Drummond is probable for He's probable, game. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's someone – he's 6,500, so well, – But well, let's say this. I think, I okay. think they thought he was going to play the last game, and then last minute – he did not play, so I mean, I, I know we're going to presume or, or uh, uh, play this as if he's going to play, but I do think they expect him to play last game, and then he just didn't do it. So, uh, just a little tidbit there. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of interest in this game with with what we have, and 
you know, the price is on DK. I, I see uh, Tyler Hero is questionable, but you know, even so, it's between you know, Drogic and Nunn is it's tough to figure out. I'd much rather go Malachi Flynn and Bembry and not gamble with a third cheap piece, I think, if I'm constructing a lineup unless we get uh, some other decent news. So, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma, another guy with a tag. He has a questionable tag, but he is probable. Um, you know, if Drummond comes back, I think that caps some of his rebounding upside. And uh, obviously it makes Montrez Harrell a very, a very tricky situation. However, if, if, if Drummond does not play and we get that news, you know, Harrell at 6,200 is probably one of the few guys I'm looking at in this game, Chief. What do you think over there on FanDuel? I mean, first of all, because of this weird game last time, I think Montrez got ejected if I'm not. Yeah, yeah he got ejected after two minutes of play. And so we, we ended up with a Mark Gasol luck box, dial back the clock, turn back the clock game. And uh, by dial back the clock, I mean, he kind of stuffed the stat sheet, 13, nine and five, four blocks, five turnovers. Uh, we're not going to see that again this season. Uh, so I, I, I definitely think Mark Gasol goes to the bench and Trez is the backup. But, uh, you know, if, if Drummond is playing, I think Trez keeps as, close to a similar role like I don't think Drummond is going to go out and play 35 minutes right now but I definitely think Drummond gets to 28 which maybe puts Trez in that 24 to 25 category um not that he get, can't get there but I think I'm kind of going to be out I think I'm with you I'm not really interested in much of this game uh, on FanDuel you know Dennis Schroeder is 7200 that's not terrible for a slate like this but uh I don't feel like it's something that uh, I have to do. I wish Goran Dragic was playing around 28 to 30 minutes. That's just not the case. Uh, the price on Victor Oladipo is coming down, um, but he doesn't have the same upside currently, currently with this team. He's 6,500 now, which is helping him out. I think, you know, as he continues to get 30 plus minutes in his offense, I think he'll round into form in their system. But uh, overall, man, I'm with you. I just, I don't want to play anyone in this game. Yeah, last year it was kind of, okay, whatever Miami guard was out, you can flock to the other guy with the usage bump. You know, if Hero was out, you're playing Drogic. If Drogic's out, you're playing Hero. If either one of them are out, Jimmy Butler gets the bump. If Jimmy Butler's out, you're playing both the other guys, typically. But now you add Victor Oladipo into the mix, and we talked about this logjam. They're so deep, talented. Well, Kendrick Nunn is the one that's out of out of minutes. Like he's just not playing anymore. Yeah. I mean, look I'll... at look at the game log. Last one, two, three, four. Last five games, zero minutes. He's pretty much on the outside looking into this rotation. It's all it's all Dragic hero and uh, Victor Oladipo, pretty much. A little surprised he he didn't get traded. Like he deserves a role somewhere on a like. He should be on a bench in kind of meaningful minutes, but that's a testament to how good that that Miami team is now, Chief. Yeah. I mean, you know, Duncan Robinson isn't losing minutes because he's kind of their J.J. Redick, um, and they need him on the floor for spacing purposes. Um, you know, if he picks up his defense, maybe this team goes a little deeper. That's a story for another day. But uh, overall, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's all the depot, it's hero, and it's Drogic from like kind of their, their guard perspective. Obviously, Jimmy's hybrid. He can play one, two, three. You know, that doesn't really matter. But um, said all that to say none is the guy that's just out. Like you just – he's untouchable. I, I almost feel like even if somebody is out, none is still not getting a lot of minutes. 
Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. That Miami team is, is tricky from a DFS perspective, but very good in real life. Going to be a tough out down the stretch. Um, so I think we have mutual feelings on that game where not a lot of fantasy goodness. You know, the point total without looking, I know probably won't be very high on either on either side. And uh, you know, with all these games, you can you can definitely find you know some better options and there's some better better value elsewhere. Let's go on here. There's one eight o'clock game, uh, the Thunder and the Cavs, eight o'clock Eastern. That is the Thunder actually playing your Hornets tonight. And as we speak there, your Hornets are up 16 midway through the fourth as we speak. So yeah, we got to win this game. If we want to go to the playoffs with a very weird roster. Yeah. You know, this Thunder team, we thought we had the minutes and rotation, the newerish rotation figured out for a hot minute. And uh, now it, uh, it seems like maybe some gears are switching. And you, know, you look at Moses Brown, who is such a staple of NBA DFS for about seven days, and his price is coming <laughs> down. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think I think we start there. I, I, I yeah. think I think we start with with Moses Brown. Let's talk about it. I don't know where he's at tonight, and I'm almost tempted to pull this up. While we're in the middle of the the pod, I'll do it right now. You keep talking, thank and you. I'll pull it up. Yep. Th- thank you. Look, so Moses Brown, it's not that he doesn't have the upside, but this team is really, if you look at his minutes, twenty three minutes, twenty three minutes, twenty five minutes, they've kind of just been getting destroyed here recently. And and if you look at it now, I mean, the fact that the Hornets are up sixteen in the middle of the fourth, what does that tell you? Another semi blowout, right? Um, in the games where Moses Brown has hit 30 minutes and let, let's just, let's just talk about this. So he had 29 minutes against Chicago. He put up 53, 33 minutes against Minnesota, 35, 30 minutes against Memphis, 44, 32 minutes against Boston, 46, 30 minutes against Toronto, 37. Uh, and then the past couple of games, like I said, they've just been kind of getting blown out these low minute totals here have really hampered, I think, what he can do on the court. Where is he at right now, Luch, in terms of in this Charlotte game? Yeah, I got the box up now. There's six minutes left. He, You can buy him really low on Thursday. He's played 23 minutes, um, which is fine because if he checks back in and plays the rest of the game, that puts him at almost 30. But he's one for seven from the floor, three points, nine boards. So um, not only if you game log hunt will you see, you know, so, so not non favorable fantasy totals, but you're going to look at this one for seven. And the other thing is here, you know, they're getting blown. Oh, they're down by 14. You know, maybe they bring it in within 10 or something like that. But, uh, and maybe because they gave him this contract, they know he's kind of the one of the big guys for next year. Maybe they don't want him to get hurt. Like, maybe that's the case. I hate, I hate when you're on a website and then they just they pop up some live highlights and things like that. So I apologize <laughs> if you heard some it's all good. I, I didn't hear commentary or something. But anyway, they're getting they're just not making shots. Kenrick Williams is one for ten. So him and Brown are two for seventeen from the floor combined tonight. But our guy Poku, seven of eleven from three tonight, twenty-five points, eight boards, and four dimes for Poku. My man is balling out. Yeah. And and you know what? You're right because they're getting blown out. They're still only nine deep tonight. They're running a nine a nine man rotation tonight with Muscala out. Uh, Darius Miller didn't play. And Basley. where's Tony Bradley? How how is he looking tonight? And I'm only asking because 
you know, these are things I kind of want to look at because Moses Brown is 5,100 on FanDuel. Like that's getting, that's getting really close to if they're in any type of a tight game at some point, (laughs) he could, he could 10 X this price. If it's close, I was going to say he could 10 X if he goes off and how many players on this slate, can you say rationally that they could 10 X tomorrow? Maybe like three at most. Yeah. I mean, just him maybe. Yeah. It's, it's getting, it's getting really, cause right now at 5,100, this is almost getting close to him, not even burning you. If he gets like 26, like, so it's like, it's you're right there now. And so if he gets 40, like it's eight X. So it, I, I just, I'm with I, I you. think I think we're getting close. We're close. And, and I mean, but the Tony they're playing Bradley, Cleveland, but, so it's not like they're playing a juggernaut. I'm sorry, Luch. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it looks like Tony Bradley is the rotation piece. He's one of four guys off the bench. Three of the four have played 18 minutes as of right now, hit midway through the fourth, and then uh, Jerome Robinson has 11 minutes. Bradley, 10 and five. Uh, you know, even if he takes a couple of minutes for Moses, if Moses Brown plays a good 25 minutes, he gets 7X. I mean, he needs a good – he's a really good 25, but he plays yeah. 30 at that price. And they just have to hit a couple shots. I tell you what, Ty Jerome's been pretty good filling in, too. He's 0 for 6. So, right right now, as we're talking, that means Kendrick Williams, Moses Brown, and Ty Jerome are a combined 2 for 23 from the field. So – if we just get a little field goal regression here, they have a chance to play a competitive game on Thursday. Yeah, against Cleveland. I I, I think he's on my list today. I, I mean, he, he's got to be on the list. On FanDuel, at least at 5,100. Where is he at on DK? See, so yeah, on DK, Moses Brown is 66. Look, I mean, that's a drastic difference. Absolutely. Th- this is like the inverse of Toronto. Like Absolutely. on FanDuel, you just can't play Toronto. On DK – you can still get in on some of these guys. There's no way I think you play Moses Brown on DK, but on FanDuel at 51, I think you got to be in. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he, Moses Brown, 66. You know, Poku's 58. I mean, he, he shot the ball really well tonight. You know, I, I don't mind him on a slate where there's minimal a- options at 5,800, but I'm not dying to play him on a slate like this where he's almost 6k you know i i don't mind it but you know he's 5k a couple days ago yeah like 7x upside very realistic and now he needs to go crazy again yeah is he gonna shoot seven for 11 from three again against cleveland probably not um and and i will say this to him fan duel svi is still 3800 he's been 3800 for weeks kind of another partial free square you don't know if you're going to get 30 or 20 but on the days he gets 30, you know, you're, you're celebrating. On the days he gets 20, it's just like, ah, you know, didn't kill me. He's 3,800. Yes, V is uh, 56 on DK, so count me out. So another drastic pricing difference. <laughs> well, they, they, they priced him what FanDuel should have priced him by now, right? He's like, Correct. where Correct. it's not an auto lock and you're probably a little scared to play him. I mean, so. at least he should have been 5K by now on FanDuel. Like, come on, guys. Agreed. Agreed. Another guy who just uh, Theo uh, Maladon just stays in that 5K range, and uh, you know we've seen him have killer upside, but we've we've also seen him lay some duds. Uh, you know he had 33 real points against Phoenix a couple days ago, and then he followed up against Portland. <laughs> against Phoenix, they lost by 37, and he still had 33 real points. Then against Portland, they lost by woo almost 50, and he was one for 12 from the floor. So. 
just a young kid who's super inconsistent and we're talking large field GPP consideration for a lot of guys in this game. And maybe you can just hit the X button on some of them on DK at their place points. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. X button on some of these guys. Yeah. Talk about Cleveland with me here. Larry Nance out, Jared Allen out. Are you Jeez. buying in Torian Prince? He's 4,100 on DK last three games. You've seen over 21 minutes. You've seen 32 against Miami uh, last two games. He actually crushed. You know, he shot the ball 13 times against Miami, nine times against the Spurs, averaging six and a half rebounds over the last two. 4,100 uh, for Prince. I think you can do worse, and I think you could run Prince as a one-off if you have to or need to uh, on Thursday slate for DK. Yeah, for sure. You you can definitely get in on some Prince on, on DK. You know, I'm going to run this FanDuel price. He's 5,800. I'm out. I just – I can't do it. Uh, and guess what? That's the right price for the performance the past couple of games. If he's going to be playing 25 to 30 minutes, you know, with limited bodies, being able to produce. Uh, I don't know what's going on with FanDuel and DraftKings. Today. I mean, it's really weird how they've evaluated some of these teams, but uh, I'm, I'm, I can't play Torian Prince at 5,800 on this slate. No one to hold them, no one to fold them. On, on DK, <laughs> you're holding. On FanDuel, you're folding. And I'm yep. glad we're doing it this way because a lot of times – you know, covering two sites, you're just on info overload when you have, you know, an hour or less to, but really folks, you're seeing the, the drastic differentials on a lot of these pricing algorithms. And we do know that FanDuel, you have a little bit more salary, uh, but for the most part, they're fairly, you know, usually fairly close. Yeah. We're seeing some, uh, you know, one site got the intern going and the other guy, you know, the other site got the full-time guy <laughs> at the wheel of these uh, Excel spreadsheets and the algos, I guess. Yeah, but so a few discrepancies. few discrepancies. So the verdict here is Prince on DK, good value. FanDuel, too pricey, rightfully so. Another guy, I'm curious what he is on FanDuel. I'm assuming he's a – well, he might be a power forward. Hartenstein, where is he at? How much is he? And is he in play? Hartenstein is still 4K on FanDuel. Um, and I, I – I, this is a weird one, but I get it because I feel like his minutes have kind of been, he's got these two mid twenties games, which is kind of the bread. And then the, in between those two games, he's got a 19 minute game and a 17 minute game. So I get fan do maybe saying, ah, let's keep him at 4k another game and see what type of minutes production we get out of him. Um, I, I think he's, he's semi playable. Uh, on 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 FanDuel, I mean Kevin loves fifty six hundred, and uh, I'm just I'm just not playing Kevin Love ever this season. So you can just x him out. Man, what what a strange career Kevin Love's legacy has twisted and turned, and now he's just left in Cleveland, the last the last one standing. Yeah, I, I I think he's got to get out of there. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I think Kevin Love might have been a really good fit for a Brooklyn team. Uh, you know, I'm, I, listen, I know they went out and got Blake, and I know they went out and got LaMarcus. I'm saying Kevin Love might have been a better fit for this team in terms of their style of play because, you know, there's no secret in terms of their style, style of play. They want to score points. They're not playing a whole lot of defense. And if they're adopting any of the Mike D'Antoni philosophy, Kevin Love would have been a really good guy to – kind of stick in the corner for half the game and let him just shoot lights out. But, um, you know, granted, obviously his country, he's got a totally different contract than those other two guys, but. Um, it's just, I can't believe this is the same Kevin Love. I know we have to go back a decade already, which is crazy. 
uh, we're going back to 2011. Man, we're showing our age now, I guess, a little bit. We're starting to get there. They, you know, Kevin Love, you know, go to Cleveland. We'll make you a stretch forward. Just sit at the top of the key and shoot threes. We're talking about the same monster that had 51, 53 straight double doubles. Points and bo- He had this guy who was just a monster down low, eats in the block, and then try to turn him into a Euro shoot stretch. You know, you try to turn him into a Dario Saric or something, you know? Like, I mean, man. he's got a guy out of Cleveland, um, yeah. especially with the youth movement that they have. Because you can't – Kevin Love isn't a guy you can build around anymore. Like, I mean, in fact, I mean, look, when he was in Minnesota, good golly. I mean, just – it was ugly. But he's, he's not completely that guy anymore. Uh, we'd love to have him in Charlotte. I can, I can tell you that if he's healthy. <laughs> no, seriously, Kevin Love is someone we could have used this season. Even if he's uh, a seventh man on a really good team or something, you know. I, I still think he can it's start. I, I, I think he can start. It's got to be the right situation, though, right? Like, right. there's not a whole lot of um, – so let's let's take maybe – I know this is a – man, I, I love this pod because we're kind of getting off into a, a little tangent about love, but I, I think this is important. What if – and hear me out here. Hear me out. What if Kevin Love, right, was playing on a team like Portland? And I know you're saying, well, eh, Portland may not really need Kevin Love. Well, trust me. I think if Kevin Love was on Portland, he'd be starting and Rocco would be at the three. Right? Rocco would be at the three. Kevin Love would be starting. Imagine Dane, CJ, Rocco at the three, Kevin Love and then either Nurkic or Cantor. That's a that that's a that's a totally different lineup than playing Derrick Jones Jr. Folks, that, 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 that's totally different. Totally and so what different. I'm what I'm saying is, you know, this is this is kind of some of the stuff that I'm looking at when I'm looking at a guy like Kevin Love. Well, the Hawks, you know, which they have John Collins who's hurt, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he's got to get on some form of a contender. Um, you know, heck, I mean, what, what if Kevin Love was on the Suns right now? I mean, just think about this. Chris Paul, uh, Booker, Bridges, Kevin Love and Aiton versus Crowder and Aiton or uh, Cam Johnson and Aiton, who doesn't really start that much. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's got to get on one of these mid-range contenders and then push them over the edge. That's what I see for Kevin Love in his future. Free Kevin Love. Kevin Love to the Suns, I think, is big news. Kevin Love to the Suns. I love this pod. It's turning into a chief recruiting everybody to Charlotte, and we're going to free everyone. We're going to free Boucher. We're going to free Kevin Love. You know what, Chief? You know, how quickly we forget. We're, even the best of us have recency bias. You go back to before the bubble. Kevin Love played 56 games in 2019. He averaged 17 and nine, which is pretty damn good for someone 31 who's battled injuries past couple of seasons, shot 45% from the floor. That's fine. 37% from three. So, you know, all those years of trying to develop into a Euro four, at least he's got a good stroke. Now you got to respect it. You know, the season before that, he averaged 17 and 10 and 27 minutes. Yeah. He only played 20 games. Kevin Love got to use the second half as a showcase. Uh, prove that he can play consistently. You know, he'll have a couple nights off because Cleveland wants to get some value for him somehow. But, yeah, I would not be shocked if we roll into next season or hopefully way before the deadline. And I think a big thing you mentioned is the West is so jumbled and so competitive. 
You mentioned Portland. You mentioned Phoenix. They're both teams that really don't have a true, a true traditional power forward. They've all that's what I'm saying. Guys, you got your Rokos, you got your Cams. I think that's a great call. I, I tell you what, you're calling Phoenix. I, I, what about him in Utah? I mean, I mean, hey, that, that, it, it could work. So can we agree? Let's just say hot takes here. Kevin Love plays in the Western Conference next year at, for a contender. Let's go with that. Let, let's right. go Kevin Love in the West. Let's go Kevin I mean, Love. We're listen, okay, last thing, last thing, and then we can, we can get off this Kevin Love rant. This is a sneaky team he could go to because if his contract ever comes up, teams want to win. Clay Thompson comes back and Kevin Love goes to Golden State. It, it, it would get ugly real quick. Because yeah. Kevin Love might actually start at the five on this team. Yeah, that would be I, something. I'm just saying, because, you know, they're going to keep Draymond. Ooh, that'd be something. I, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. You know how this goes. Kevin Love goes to Golden State for this really weird low ball contract to just kind of get back in a winning environment. And lo and behold, the, the, the Warriors are, are back in the Western Conference Finals. He gets the DeMarcus Cousins contract that he got a couple y- years ago. Yes. That's what yes. he does. And then maybe yes. maybe he wins the ring and then he gets paid the next year somewhere. And, yes. And he's riding in the sunset however he wants, you know. Yep. Man, I, I didn't know this was going to turn into a Kevin Love pop, but this is good. Who did? Neither of us did. And surely no one listening did. But here we are talking about Kevin Love in 2021 during the OKC Cleveland game. We got like four more games to break down here. So let's let's get it. Let's get it yeah. out of here, man. The, the next the next game here has two of the marquee superstars on this slate. Relevant, healthy for the most part, playing minutes is Giannis, is Luca. We got studs on both sides of the hey. ball there. Right? Milwaukee plays fast. Dallas plays silver, plays no defense. Here we go, Chief. And Giannis is doubtful. And Giannis is doubtful. My you know, goodness. You're not, not going to see Giannis. I'm proud. That, I, that was my like plot twist I was getting to. Yeah. So, so the good, what's, is there good news? Is the good news? Okay. Maybe, maybe there's a better chance of it being competitive. Right. So, well, here's my thing. Definitely better chance of being competitive. Secondly, does Porzingis play in this game? It's a back to back. Or, or does one, one, one of these two sit? Maxi's already out. Has or, or he's out tonight. Don't know if he's going to be back. Um, I think I think that's what we're looking for tomorrow. Whether it shows up on the injury report or not, does Porzingis play in this game? And this game is at nine, so hopefully we'll have something. Um, but at any rate, on, on, in terms of Fanduel, I, I played all these guys the other night, and it didn't quite pan out the way I wanted to, um, but. I don't have a problem going back to the well. I know Drew has 50-point upside when Giannis is out, but they did price everyone up accordingly. So Drew's 88. He was 88 the other night. DiVincenzo's 57. So now he's getting close to that point where it's like you really got to think about it. Uh, Chris Middleton is 82. That that one is that one's got me really scared because he hasn't just he hasn't really had as much upside this year as I think as, we, as we've wanted. And then Bobby Portis. Is fifty eight hundred. Now I still think he can he can get past that price tag. Like if he puts up thirty five, I'm comfortable accepting thirty five fantasy points at fifty eight hundred. I think the guy that's kind of on the outside looking in is Brooke Lopez, but I don't think he should be. But but he's he's the tournament play only because we've seen Brooke Lopez have one of those weird forty five fifty point games out of nowhere, 
And what better ch- time to take a chance on it than when Giannis is doubtful in a spot with Dallas that does struggle inside a little bit. So I do think Lopez is on the list today, uh, although it's not very sexy at all. Yeah, if you want to get a contrarian piece of a very you know potentially popular game, there's your leverage. And I, I like that call quite a bit. Drew Holiday playing some just incredible basketball. Incredible basketball. 8,100 on DK. You might see a little bit of sticker shock from some folks there, possibly. Um, you know, it's not like it's a four-gamer. If this was a four-game slate, you know, him and Middleton would be 50% each, no questions asked. Um, now, I, I don't know, but I will tell you this. Over the last four weeks, Middleton is – excuse me. Mid, well, we'll go Middleton has played 200 minutes the last four weeks without Giannis. 31% usage, that's fine. His per 36 DK output is 43 DK points. That's fine. Drew Holiday has played 180 minutes without Giannis over the last month. So we're not talking 30 minutes. We're talking a real sample. Giannis has missed some time. 29% usage from Drew, and he's averaging 1.42 DK points per minute. So we are talking elite stuff here. You know, we're talking Russ Westbrook points per minute over the last month out of Holiday. But you're getting a Drew Holiday name there, putting up that kind of number. So that his per 36 DK output comes out to 51 and change, uh, fantasy wise. So I'm in on Drew. You know, we know Dallas doesn't play defense. That's fine. You know, Holiday's not a guy that pushes the pace. I'm not worried about it being slow. He picks his he picks his points around the court. He gets to his spots. He's one of those guys, and yeah. he, and he just does what he does. So I agree with you. You know, he's much. Easier to play at 81 than 88, uh, of course. I, I'm, I'm still in on him at 88, though. I, I'm still in. Yeah, I, you, ha- you have to consider him in this game for sure. And I do really like the Bobby Portis call. Bobby Portis has been relevant as one of the biggest GPP pieces in DK hoops the last two years, even when Giannis is in, depending on his price. Uh, he just has that potential to explode. So yeah. without Giannis, possibly he starts. He is, let me see what he is on DK, 5,300. Ah, come on, man. So I, I like Portis. I like Holiday. Still considering Middleton. Um, and, you know, I like your contrarian Brooke Lopez look as well. So interesting stuff here on that Milwaukee side of the ball, Chief. Yeah, yeah. Love this game. You got anything on Dallas side of the ball? I mean, let's just assume Porzingis plays. Yeah, right? I think I, Porzingis I, is out. Um, Luca, Luca's for sure going to be in play, right? Like, like absolutely in play. And then um, I, I think, and they, they've priced up Dorian Finney-Smith big time, but I think this could be a Josh Richardson spot at 5K on FanDuel. Yeah, if uh, if Porzingis sits, my goodness. So that's really going to open it up for him. Uh, that may even open up a little bit more for Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench. He's 5,300. So those are a couple of the pieces that I think what we would love and then if for some reason uh, Maxi and Porzingis is out, people may flock to Boban at 45. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I totally understand it. I, I get it. So right now, Porzingis, we have no word on him, but you're saying you're out on him on FanDuel. Uh, 8,700 on DK is tough. Ooh, hear me out here. Nicolo Melli, 3,700. It, you just feel like you scrape for value more on DK some nights. Played 28 minutes against the Wizards. Played 32 against Utah. 
Uh, and Dwight Powell did play that Utah game. Yeah. Didn't run a lot. If over- Porzingis is out, you're, you got to be in on Melly on DK. You have to, especially if Maxi is out too. Right. I'm with you. Uh, Melly played a ton without Porzingis. He was over seven from the floor. So if Porzingis is out, what I'm saying is don't let that deter you from not playing Nicolo Melly. He's going to be popular. It'll be rightfully so. And he's in a much better um, matchup than Utah. And anytime you see 30 minutes at 3,700, I don't care if it's, you know, Will Priester or Justin Carlucci suiting up. You got to consider him in GPPs if you're seeing that kind of court time. So, yeah. all right, cool. I like the Richardson call. Richardson, 4,900 on DK. Another nice GPP target. Now, Smitty, Finney Smith, 5,200. I just, I can never bring myself to play the guy when he's a thousand cheaper most of the time. So I just don't think I can play Finney Smith at 5,200 uh, on DK. Um, that's all I got for this game. I'm definitely going to consider Luca in my builds. We've been talking that one of these monster games are coming. You know, I almost like him more if Giannis was in just to have that extra competitive, you know, the, the want yeah. it more factor, but I still don't mind Luca. I think the 60, 65 games coming sooner or later. Maybe, maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's not. If Porzingis is out, I will, I will lock in Luka Doncic tomorrow. That will be my, that will be my, Hey, like I'm playing the ceiling game in a, you know, competitive bucks kind of matchup tomorrow. That's all I got for you, chief. You got anything else in this one? I'm good. My friend. Cool. Couple of 10 o'clock Eastern games. We have three of them. Phoenix and the Clippers. Just one of those games where, you know, most people are healthy. It's, Nothing sticking out to you. Yeah, everybody's priced up too. I'm out, I'm out on this game on FanDuel completely. I'm just I think it's going to be competitive, but in terms of the pricing, about the only person I'm concerned about or, or could possibly like is Ivica Zubac, and even him I don't know if I want to play because Boogie Cousins played seven minutes against Portland. If that creeps up to ten to fifteen, now now Zubac's losing more minutes. I, I'm completely out on this game on FanDuel just because of the pricing, maybe Marcus Morris at 4,900, but still like I, I'm out on this game. What do you do with Boogie at 3k minimum price flat on DraftKings? I think you reserve it for 150 lineups, large field GPP. No way you can play him in your high stakes right now, unless we get some word that he's starting. I, I just, I can't do it. That's fair. Definitely worth a couple of cheap shares and some, Going for the home run type of contest, I, yeah. I get it, but yeah, I mean, imagine if they just hypothetically blew out Phoenix and he picked up twenty minutes of straight garbage time. I mean, a guy could put up thirty. I mean, he's not the same boogie, but in that type of garbage time environment where he just where the, the starters just aren't going to be on the floor at all, like he could eat. He would command the ball. He get rebounds. He'd block shots. He'd get layups. It'd be too easy for him. You don't have to go back too far to see what he did when he first started coming back for the Rockets. He was playing 12, 15 minutes a game, mid-price, full sites, going off for like 25, 30 fantasy points. And, and everyone's like, he can't sustain this. I didn't know what he did. They priced him up. He had a couple big games here or there when Wall was out or Wood was out or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, Boogie plays 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's getting close to that's getting close. We said there's maybe three guys on this slate that could 10x, and Boogie at 3K could be one of those guys <laughs> just because of his price point. Yeah, boomer bust there, folks. 
keep track of your ownership projections. One of our amazing features, Roto Grinders Premium. Big plug to our projection crew. Always do some great stuff. And, uh, you know, see where the, the ownership's going tomorrow. If, if Boogie is low and you're playing 150 teams, my vote would be to go a little bit overweight there. Just a little bit, you know? Yeah. That exposure. Yeah, for sure. But I'm with you, Chief. I, this game's tough with everybody healthy. Prices are fairly appropriate. You know, we talked last week about Kawhi Leonard being great in real life, not amazing in fantasy, crushing it in real life. And that seems to have held uh, pretty steady until this podcast. Two teams that are pretty good at defense. Neither team plays really fast. So uh, I'm with you. I, I have more interest in these other two 10 o'clock games uh, than this one. So let's head on over there to Utah and Portland. Two potential Kevin Love destinations, if you heard our earlier hot take. <laughs> so let, let's just say winner of this one gets them, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, let's, let's go with that. that. That sounds good. All right, good deal. So my first look here, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, but on DK, Donovan Mitchell's price finally coming down a little bit. We finally saw Mitchell over 9K for a little on DK, 8,600 now. Conley's back, you know, things are shifting. Conley's 7,300, so... What are your thoughts on this one? Well, uh, first of all, let me say this. I, I do want to start with Utah on this one, if, if that's okay. Donovan Mitchell is now down to 7,800 on FanDuel. We haven't seen that in, I mean, months now. I mean, it, it's it's been months. I mean, he's pretty much been 8K up to 8,800 most games at this point. And then he was kind of hovering in that 8,200 uh, 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 kind of category. Here's what I'll say about about uh, Spider Spider Mitchell here. Portland is not playing great defense, and they're playing pretty quickly. Like this is the spot where I don't mind playing a Donovan Mitchell because I also expect this game to be reasonably competitive. I don't expect them to blow out Portland like they would blow out a Cleveland team or something. I expect Portland to hang in there. Here's why: Portland has bona fide scoring on this team. They've got Damian Lillard. They've got CJ McCollum. They've got Norman Powell. They've got Carmelo Anthony who can come off the bench and get them a few buckets. They've got uh, Enos Cantor who's going to get get a few garbage points, get a few rebounds. I like the makeup of the scoring of this team, which in my opinion makes me feel like this game should be fairly competitive. I don't see Portland losing by more than five to eight points in this game. For that reason, I'm in on Donovan Mitchell. A lot of times I don't want to play Jordan Clarkson. I'm in on Jordan Clarkson in this game because Portland is playing no defense, right? And this game should be competitive, so I'm in. I don't like playing Bojan Bogdanovic, but I'm in on Bogdanovic in this game. You're starting to see a trend here. Portland is typically a team I like to attack. I don't mind attacking Portland. And then, folks, you want to talk about value on FanDuel. We got Royce O'Neal at 4K on FanDuel in a game where he could dial up some peripherals. He, he's going to be a value of mine that I like. Obviously, we're not looking for him to score 15 real points. Any game that Royce O'Neal scores 15 real points, he might have 40 fantasy points. That's just Royce O'Neal. So I, I like this game as a whole. Don't, don't want to really play Gobert, but but a lot of the guard play I like. Now, Mike Conley's priced up to 7200 on FanDuel. I don't feel like I need Conley. But for, for Donovan Mitchell – a guy that I probably need to score 30 real points to get me in the forties. I can see that here with him kind of putting on a clinic against Portland. So I, I really like him a lot. 
Royce O'Neal 4K on DraftKings as well. We finally hit the hit the same button on both sites here. <laughs> we'll talk about some regression here. Last three games, Royce O'Neal is one for 15 from the floor. He yeah. still managed 15 DK points against Orlando and 17 against Dallas. So what does that tell you? The ball goes in the hole. It's 25 plus. Not only that, and I want to talk about Mitchell too because we're just seeing some things not aligning with Mitchell lately. Either he's played uh, limited minutes and blowouts and played well or played poorly in regular minutes. You look, you know, I'm a big, I only game log kind of, I look for trends, you know, there's always story behind the numbers. So you look back at the Cleveland game, it's a 40 point game. He plays 25 minutes. He puts up 32 DK points. That's fine. She's 50% from the floor. 32 DK points doesn't look good, but it does in 25 minutes, right? It's all about context. Next game against Chicago. 37 DK points. He has 26 real points. 36 minutes, but he only shoots 33% from the floor. Okay. So he had 30, 37 DK points in a, in a poor shooting game, two for nine from three. Right? Doesn't happen yeah. all the time. Orlando game, another blowout. We're talking another almost 50-point game here. He has 39 DK points. Wow, 8,600. Wow, he went for 30. 21 minutes. Yeah. 21 minutes. We're talking about production. And then against Dallas, he plays 35, a couple days ago, 35 minutes, 28 DK points, 6 of 23 from the floor. It's about 25%. So one of these games he's going to play in a competitive one where he puts it together and he shoots well. And why not against Portland? Second worst defensive efficiency in the league, like you said. They can't stop a damn nosebleed, Chief. So yeah. I'm loving Mitchell in the spot, especially when everybody's healthy and people will be looking to other guys off a of, like Drew Holiday, where they're getting usage. I love, I like Drew and I like Mitchell. And honestly, if I don't play Luca, there's probably a scenario where maybe I take a more balanced approach on DK. But what I'm saying is, if Drew's ownership gets ridiculous and it's very possible that Mitchell's, you know, 20% or less, I'm liking Mitchell too, Chief. Maybe we're on the same page here. Yeah, we are, man. Mitchell, uh, it, it's about a guarantee he's going to be in my lineup tomorrow at 7,800 against Portland. I mean, it, it, I, I, especially with this slate on FanDuel, and I'm looking at the shooting guards, and I've got Devin Booker at 9K, who I'm not going to play. I've got Paul George at 8,700, who I'm not going to play. I've got CJ McCollum at 8,200 on the other side, who I'm not going to play. I've got Donovan Mitchell at 7,800. I mean, and Mitchell's probably going to carry ownership unless unless they try to go double cheap and maybe take a Hamadou Diallo and DiVincenzo. We'll get to that game next. But I, I feel like Mitchell may have elevated ownership on FanDuel at this price against Portland. But I do want to wait for the numbers to come out. And Mr. Jermino and the projections team will have that ready for us by the time the slate kicks off. I think the Nurkic questionable tag is interesting. I know he's not playing a ton. And I'm not advocating to play him, although per minute he's great. But he's up to 5,600 on DK, not playing more than 21 minutes. But on a point-per-minute basis, he's been really good. But if he's out, I don't love Cantor, but I'll consider him because he's going to get all the run he can handle because Mr. Gobert, who I will really, really consider playing if we have no Nurkic, is on the other side of that ball. Gobert could feast on Cantor and company. Uh, earlier this year against Portland, he had 46 DKP in just 28 minutes, uh, just a 20 and 17 game. And that was a game where he didn't have any blocks in that game, Chief. So if he has his, How about that? He has five or six stocks, you know, which happens once or twice a week from this guy, 
I'm telling you, keep an eye on Gobert. He'll be minimally owned because it's the one of the last games on the card. And uh, if that cancer news comes, I'm sorry, if that Nurkic news comes early, I, I, I don't mind that little Mitchell Gobert pick and roll action. I mean, every dime that Mitchell gets will most likely be going up to Gobert, you know, in the middle. So that that's kind of my thoughts. Very attractive game here, you know, in a in one where there's not a, to- a ton of usage bump situations here. Um, one key note is Norman Powell is probable for Thursday, but he's almost 6K and against Utah, probably not someone that I'm going to target tomorrow. For sure. All right, let's get to this last one here. We got Detroit and Sacramento. Two more teams do a lot, have been doing a lot of shuffling this year. I don't know which side of the ball you want to start on. I'll, I'll let you lead this one. You tell Man, me where we at here. Let's go with Detroit because every day I'm shuffling, shuffling, shuffling. Uh, listen, man, I think Jeremy Grant being out is big news for this whole Detroit team. It's definitely uh, going to open up, uh, you know, probably 20 plus percent of some usage. And that's probably going to be distributed between a few guys. Uh, Killing Hayes should be back. So he'll probably take up a little bit of that. I, th- I think Hamadou Diallo may be our guy here today. Uh, he played 17 minutes against Denver, but, you know, my hope is that maybe they shift some things around and now he can pick up a few extra minutes. Like maybe we can get Diallo to 28 to 30 minutes. In this spot against Sacramento, this this feels like a good chance for him to kind of pop off here. You know, Sadiq Bay, a guy that, you know, only, you know, his minutes have kind of gone down recently. Maybe he can get back to 30 minutes. You know, are they going to use Isaiah Stewart? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Is Sekou Demboya going to get some minutes? I doubt it. I, I think I think Isaiah Stewart picks up some minutes here. Is this going to open it up a little bit more for Mason Plumley? I, I don't know. But what I do know is I think these minutes are distributed evenly with Stewart, probably Diallo gets a few extra uh, and then maybe, you know, uh, Killian Hayes picks up a few extra. I know they're not the same position, but just trying to distribute these minutes across across the slate. But I, I think we're going to be in on Isaiah Stewart tomorrow, especially he can end up starting at the four. And that, that, that could be huge uh, for this slate. He's 3,700 on FanDuel. Do you have any interest in Killian Hayes? And what, what do you think about him coming back? And, you know, the game log looks good from his last outing, but – it really might be his first good fantasy game all year. So what what are your thoughts? I know it's tougher on FanDuel because there's plenty of other point guards that are going to put up a lot of raw points over there. I mean, I think he's okay. At 4K, like, he's probably going to play 25 minutes in this spot. I would say 25 to 28 minutes. I'm in on that against Sacramento. I mean, I'm, I'm just in. That's just bottom line. I'm definitely in on some killing Hayes at 4K playing 25 to 28 minutes against Sacramento. Is he point guard on FanDuel? Absolutely. Sometimes they do stuff and just throw people around that time or anybody. And um, yeah, interesting stuff. I like Stewart too. I don't know if, if his path is as clear. Uh, if- I mean, on, on FanDuel though, I think he's going to be okay. Let me tell you why I say that. De'Aaron Fox is 9,300. So he's kind of he's kind of in that spot where people don't like to play him, and I know because I've been playing him, and he's been like twenty percent and under every time I've played him in that nine K range, unless it's like a really small slate, and that it, that hasn't been too often. Dame at ninety two, I don't think a lot of people are going to go there because it's Utah. 
So Dame will probably, but Dame, but Dame because the name value will still pick up 15, 18%. Drew Holiday at 8,800. He's kind of going to be, I think, in my opinion, the de facto guy, unless Porzingis is out, which we think he's going to be out. And if he's out, everybody I think is going to play Luca. And then all of a sudden, because you don't really like hardly any of these other ones, you don't want to play Chris Paul at 82. You Dennis Schroeder is right on the edge at 72 against Miami. Mike Conley's been priced up to 72. Nobody likes that price. Darius Garland is 68. We don't want to pay that. And now Malachi Flynn is 6K. Sadoransky's 57. Clarkson's 56. Nunn is 55. Not playing any minutes. Teo Maladon is 54. Reggie Jackson's 5K. I just think Killian Hayes ends up being the value at point guard. And so I think if you end up with a Hayes Luca or a Hayes holiday combo at, by, by the end of the slate. Got to give you a round of applause because your sneaky play of our Monday podcast absolutely crushed. And do you know, remember who I'm talking about or do I have to say his name? Mr. Harrison Barnes. Yeah. 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 Victory Harry lap time. Here we go. Let's get it. Get that victory lap in. Cause we never <laughs> do that here, but I'm sure he was sub seven or eight percent 44 DK yeah, he was super low against minnesota good stuff chief man good stuff talk to me about sacramento back to harrison barnes or not so much in this one well he's priced up now at 6300 the thing about this game is i think this is going to be a weird game and and look i don't think there's any in between in this game i think either sacramento handles business and they're up by 20 at halftime and they kind of cruise to the end and harrison barnes ends up playing maybe like 30 minutes now rather than this 35 minutes or the game's tight all the way through. I don't think there's any in between on this one. So um, I, I don't really want to play Harrison Barnes on this slate, but yeah, I, I don't want to play him on this one, <laughs> but, but here's why it's got nothing to do with, with him. It's got everything to do with the position. Like we know Giannis is probably going to be out, which means I want to play Bobby Portis over him at 58. Right. And then you got Poku at 55. He's the guy I'm going to be looking at. You've got Marcus Morris at 49, right? And then all the way up top, I don't really want to play Pascal, but I think more people are going to play Pascal than they do uh, Harrison Barnes. Uh, and, then, and then Covington's 5,900, which I didn't kind of bring up that price. So I'm not completely in on it, but I, th- I, I think for the price, he's got good floor. And you might just need to take the guaranteed 28 points from him tonight and hope that he hits the upside again. Yeah. You know, Detroit's one of those slow teams. And just just kind of by doing this long enough, whenever two teams that aren't very good, I mean, Sacramento's okay. D- Detroit, we know is a mess. We, we know they don't – they know they're not winning. They're not trying to win this year. There's just a lot of blowout potential or just weird clunkers when they kind of play each other. And you're right. You said this could be a weird game. Just kind of has that makeup, that feel that both teams have a lot of new pieces. You know, we talked about on the last pod that the Kings randomly brought in Delon Wright, Terrence Davis, Hassan Whiteside has been in and out all year. You know, Marvin Bagley out in, you know, for a long time. Just a lot of moving parts. Then you bring Halliburton in the starting lineup make things a little more complicated. So there's one more ball handler, you know, to take away a little bit of touch time from, from Darren Fox. But so my, my biggest takeaway from this one is if I think it'll be fairly competitive, I'll, I will play two people from this game. Not sure who they're going to be. 
But this just for me, I don't think it's a game I want to one off anybody because I think it could get weird. But I like the Di- yeah. we like Diallo on this podcast. He's a great permitted guy. And you're right, if he sees 25 minutes, I'm probably gonna strongly consider him. But then I'm probably gonna run back and maybe play De'Aaron Fox with him or or maybe Rashawn Holmes, because I think that's a decent matchup if uh, if Whiteside gets rolled out or something like that, which you know, we get that news every other day at lunchtime that he that he is or isn't playing at this point. So yeah. for me, you know, uh, DK with Killian Hayes, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's not a game that I'm personally gonna do one offs with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I will say this. I do think the Kings are still right on the edge of trying to win and get into the playoffs. Yeah. The, the, they're right on the edge, but I think I think it depends on these next 10 games, right? Like they're five and five in their last 10. Like they, they've got to go like seven and three in these next 10 if they want any kind of shot at trying to get in. Because the Spurs went two and eight in their last ten, uh-huh. Golden State went three and seven, the Pelicans went five and five, and the Kings went five and five, and basically just kind of stayed pat, didn't really move. So they've still got a shot. Uh, they're sixteen and a half games, but from first, but they're four and a half games out of eighth. And really, all they need to do is get anywhere between, I think, seven and ten. I think that's it, and they're going to be in the playing game. Maybe they still they try to get just competitive enough. This is a game they should win. Uh, they'd be 23 and 29. They could jump the Pelicans. Uh, and then, depending on what happens with the Warriors and the Spurs, they could very well be in the nine spot by the end of the week. So I I think they still want to win games. And so that's why I'm interested in this game, seriously. I agree. A little late push if you get some exposure to this one. Wild card game to kind of end the slate. You know, we'll see what happens. You'll get a ton of these guys at, at pretty good ownerships outside of Killian Hayes, who might carry the most ownership in this game probably. Um, so it's a good GPP spot. It's just kind of risk-reward here big time. So I- I'm with you. I'm with you. Any other thoughts, Chief? Anything about these games? Or are we going to get on to our traditional closing segment here? I'm good, man. GPP food of the day time. You do the honor, sir. GPP food of the day. One of my favorite food. I eat it way too much. But, man, do I love Mexican food? Do I love tacos? Do I love quesadillas? Si se puede. Yes, we can. My Spanish is pretty bad, but... I know. I just keep wanting ma- more mas, right? Is that more? Like, yes, yeah, mas. Yeah, yeah, yeah mas, mas comida. <laughs> uh, necesito mas comida. Yeah, you know what? I I, I, li- I live in Amish country, guys, in PA. But right in, th- in the same town here, we have two delicious uh, mom and pop, oh, you know, Mexican eateries, and the food is so good. I, yes. I, I proudly support those those awesome businessmen anytime I can. Yeah. It's great. They're so nice. I, I love it. And just, you know, the pandemic's been tough on everyone. So every, every chance I love my food, every, every time I can get out there and help the mom and pops out, man, I'm in. So yes. I just say this, you know, what in, in that realm of food, what's your go-to? What do you like? And I guess if you could construct a taco of your choice, what would you put on it? What type of meat? And let me hear about the topping. Well, well first of all, I'm never going to start with a taco. There's a method to the madness and I'll explain that. And we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, my favorite little kind of uh, local restaurant right now is a spot called Mi Fiesta. It's kind of a local chain, but Mi Fiesta, I call it my party because that's what it means in, in English. But uh, 
chorizo queso is like a staple of how I start my Mexican meal. Chorizo queso. Fantastic. I mean, God, whoever came up with chorizo sausage, God bless you, man. Just Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. And uh, add that in some queso. And I mean, man, we are rolling. In terms of tacos, I- I'm kind of a simple man, Lutz. I want a good hard shell. I want some good seasoned uh, ground beef. You know, give me that cumin. Get, get, give me those spices. I want it in there. Give me that shredded cheese. And then I want some of the best salsa you can find. Put that on there. And that's it, man. Like, just let me have it. Beef, cheese, and salsa on, on, on the hard taco. You can't get too fancy because then you just lose the whole, you lose the shell, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah, it's supposed to be messy, but then you get to another level of messy once you start adding way too much to one, right? Yeah. But, you know, chorizo queso, I, I, I feel terrible about myself because I've never had that. I was going to say that I, I love a good chorizo, you know, in whatever I'm eating. Uh, and wow, if I can kill two birds with one stone there. Oh, it's and, fantastic. Whew, yeah. whew. What's, what's your level of spice? You know, how spicy, you know, in general and, uh, you know, salsa wise, like you take the heat or not? I, I like it all, actually. Mild, hot. It, it doesn't matter. I just I, I, I'm, a, I'm a flavor connoisseur. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a quesadilla guy, too. I like to mix it up. But if, if I do quesadilla, you know, then you talk about having that shell. You could do a little more of the quesadilla. You can pack oh, a little, yeah. pack a punch in there. So I do like the traditional taco, but, you know, if I have more to work with there, okay, we're going to throw some more peppers in, you know, we're going to bump yeah. this up a notch here. So, yeah, I got, got, got to get creative with the quesadillas. So, listen, there's no wrong way to go about it, but, wow, you know, chorizo and uh, queso in one, I, I got to get on that, man. Hey, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. Muy bueno. <laughs> All right, Chief. Where can the people find you on Twitter? And uh, what do you got going on the rest of this week for Roto Grinders? Uh, man, honestly, it's just a, another Bubble Brothers podcast uh, for, for Friday. I will be on tomorrow. Tomorrow it'll be uh, me, I think, Chopping Dre or the me, Dean and Dre. Be a little three-man booth for the seven-game slate. Uh, we'll be on at 6 p.m. Eastern, and you can find me on Twitter at ChiefJustice06. So, uh, so glad to hang out, hang out with you again, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You may we record this thing late at night, and then I close up this pod, and I'm like, I'm hungry every night. Right? We talk about <laughs> Try not to eat late, but yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another NBA morning grind for for all of you. Listen, enjoy hoops, but definitely enjoy the Masters and. Uh, look out for, you know, Tambo stuff. Cards had a big, big week last week. You know, Noto did a heck of a job. You know, TJ with his value plays. The list goes on. We have a long list of amazing PGA contributors. 6 a.m. start. I got to get to bed soon, Chief. So for Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck and have a good day.